you're strong, you can fly, you can reach the other side of this podcast. It's alright, sit and chill, there's an hour left to fill and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GH, say your nuts and train no drinkers. GHC. Knock, knock, it's Nathan. Howdy, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to the GHZ, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. On behalf of my three fellow co-hosts, as always, we are so happy you're here with us today. Toot toot Sonic, Josh, you, uh, uh, I do the theme tune, you may have heard it. Occasionally I do a bit as well, that's how the Americans say it. Uh, in England we say, playing silly buggers. It's real, look it up. Got our first piece of hate mail on YouTube this week, very exciting. Now we know we've hit the big time. Uh, if you too want to lamely attempt to hurl abuse at us, drop a comment below or come and join the collective otherwise. And you may have also noticed our episodes are now dropping on a Wednesday. Whose idea was that, eh? Uh, it was Grant's idea. Oh, uh, yeah. This is Grant. And I'm Grant. I'm the third one who speaks. I'm the coolest. And we want you to join the Discord and join our community. That's what this podcast is an outgrowth of, a community. We uh, are encouraging you to join it for free, dear listener. Most podcasts would say, yeah, come join our Discord. But first, pony up. Sign up for the Patreon. We don't have a Patreon yet. But we do have a <gasps> lovely community. With mess with uh, such community members as Gubert and Diana Rama and Speedy D and Chaosimer and Kaltenbach and others that you can hang out with along with us, and we want to see your faces or your voices or your eh, maybe just your text messages and some of your gifts. Uh, that's where we want to see you. Also, leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a nice review wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. And it really helps out the show. Speaking of the show, here's Lee. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm the podcast mascot. You know, just like Gerutonido, um, the clown oh. chick from Ace Attorney. That's oh, yeah. popular, popular with all the 18 to 25 year old crowd on Twitter these days. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're looking yeah, at yeah, different Twitters. <laughs> well, look, they're, they're all into it. They're all into this sexy clown from Ace Attorney. <gasps> you know, they're done, they're done with the eight foot tall vampire lady. They've moved on to a new Capcom character for Into This Clown Chick now. Mm. And I'm telling you, if you love clowns for their sex appeal, then this is the podcast for you. Yeah, some people really do, don't they? They do. There's actually a name for it. There's a name for like clown porn. I can't remember what it is. I'm kind of glad because now I can't look it up. Dear listeners, honk if you're horny. Give us a honk in the comments <laughs> below. <laughs> they do that. Yeah. Don't tell us if you're program. horny though. We don't, we don't want to hear yeah, about don't, it. Don't tell us, just honk. If you're listening while driving, and some of you are definitely listening while driving, go and give a little honk. Yeah. And just, just give a little honk. Uh, see what that does. And yeah, then if, uh, if somebody... And get in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just a nice little honk. And then, you know, maybe somebody will wave to you, and then you can roll down your window and say, listen to the GHC podcast, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And but because they'll take your recommendation. But because you're driving past them on the sidewalk, they'll just get, listen to that. And then they're like, what? And then it's too late. But try anyway, because we appreciate it. At, at least try. Yeah. It's going to hurt yeah. you to try. For once in your 
in life. Try <laughs> just for get- something, just for something. Stand <laughs> for something or fall for nothing. Okay, dear mm, listener. I'm, anyway, my stance is I don't want our <laughs> listeners to die in a road rage altercation. I think Why are you framing it I this way? It. I also don't want our dear <laughs> listeners to die in a whole you honk at a random person in traffic for no reason and then start yelling out of the car at oh. them. They're going to misconstrue that in a certain way. All right, this is why that. we all need to lock our doors at night because of yeah. the paranoia in America as mm-hmm. embodied by Nathan. Hey, as Nathan mentioned earlier, right at the top of the show, this is a show about Sonic the Hedgehog, but sometimes mm. it's not. Sometimes it's a show about Sonic Team and yes. the games that uh, this team that we uh, adored and admired for many years and maybe Once still do admire. Yeah. Once upon a time. So we want to talk about that. We've invited two of our GHZ friends to return to the show with us. <gasps> uh, so let's introduce both of them right now. First up, he is the founder of the GHZ and uh, the reason that we all found each other in the first place, thanks to his lovely museum mm-hmm. on the GHZ, the original Green Hill Zone and the Neo Green Hill Zone. It's Green Gibbon. Green Gibbon's back. Hey, speaking of Fabian sex appeal, uh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Glad said it. Pow! Ready. <laughs> Not scripted. And we're also joined by a GHZ-er and our friend, Losit. Losit's back. <gasps> Hi. Hi. Oh, good. You played twice. Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. got two coins, because now we have to associate that sound with coins and not... Oh, no. Uh, we got 100 rings, and then we found a monitor. So everything's turning up GHZ. <laughs> so here we are today to talk about the Sega Saturn classic Nights into Dreams. And uh, this is a game that I'm curious if it's beloved in all of our hearts. It's beloved in mine, certainly. Um, uh, Losit, I believe this was your idea for uh, a topic to talk about. So why don't we start around, start with you, but then go around the panel, uh, how everybody was introduced to Nights, your first time playing it. Oh, I was, I was like one of the first on board for Nights. Uh, and yeah, I just basically dove into that thing uh, like I would have a, a a new Sonic game, and so yeah, I you know I I really really love Knights. I think it's it's kind of still that high water mark uh, 2D kind of gameplay that Sonic Team really really excelled at before they tried to tried a lot of other stuff uh, to varying degrees of success, uh, even including on the Saturn. So yeah, I'm 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 all in. I'm a true believer. How about some of our other Saturn owners, Josh Lee? Um, it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it, nerds. No, I don't know. Um, I remember the it was uh, it was one of those holy grail games like Sonic CD for me that like I just couldn't seem to get a copy of. Like I just couldn't get hold of it for whatever reason. We did have a Saturn in the house, but I first played it actually at Sega World, uh, in London way back in 1997 i want to say probably i've got my ticket somewhere i'll have a look later um and i never actually owned it i never ended up getting a copy i'm sorry to say i did play a shitload of christmas nights though and that kind of became a bit of a christmas tradition for me is to bust out christmas nights every year and play that and fool around on it so that my nights was christmas nights and winter nights and whatever other versions of nights were on that disc um yeah, I don't know. Does that am I not a true purple nights fan if I if I didn't play the actual one? I think I think Christmas nights counts. Thank Christmas you. nights counts. Thank you. I'm There's glad. a lot in I need, there. I needed the validation. There is a lot to do in it. And it's it's 
nice. It's pleasant. It's there's it's it's a it's a pleasant game. It's um charming. So my introduction to Knights, um, beyond the features in like computer and video games magazine and Sonic the Comic and back when we all had magazines, we didn't have the internet, so we couldn't see it in motion. We'd oh, yeah. see all the screenshots, read all the details, and it's like, okay, I think yeah, they understand the what it is. And, yeah. yeah, but it's it's like until you actually get it on a TV, you don't see what it's like in motion, you don't hear the music, you don't you don't really have a proper idea. So the first time I got my hands on Nights was when I got Saturn, I got it with Virtual Cop 2, but it also came with a demo disc, Sega Flash Volume 2. Yeah. And it, that was a dope demo disc. It had Back the, the Back of the Animal. Um, yeah, it had um, Pan's Dragon 2. Is that the one that had KO's Flying Squadron 2 on it as well? Oh, no, no, not that one. Oh, uh, no, no. What a, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, no, I, I feel like I've missed out now. Which one was that? I'm going to have to look up which one that was. Look him up, yeah. Because that's a, yeah, and you had a lot of really, really good demo discs. That doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, does it? You don't get demo discs. You do get demos, I suppose. But I think the draw of it was that you just got like 20 things or whatever on a disc, just on the front of a magazine. Um, and yeah, I definitely had that Knights demo, though, because I do remember, I think it was, you got like Spring Valley and um, the other one, the other Splash. first, the first, Splash Garden. Splash Garden, first. yes, which yeah, is the two first very, stages, yeah. very, very generous, because there's only seven levels in the entire game, and it gives you two of them. Yeah. Like, right, right out of the gate. Yeah, just two of them, just two of them for free. Yeah. And um, yeah, just similar to you, I was just mesmerized by it. Um, you know, I got got Saturn in 1997, I want to say, mid-1997. So, you know, I hadn't played Mario 64 yet, you know, outside of maybe five minutes in a video game store. Um, I'd not really like played the PlayStation much. I'd played like some 3D games in the arcade, um, but... Nights into Dreams was a revelation. It was like, look at look at all this 3D, look at all these colours, and then you stop playing it. And it's like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, oh, okay, I've got the hang of it now. And it was just such a beautiful game to look at. Um, I still think like today, Splash Garden is just it's just a good fun time, like summer vibes. Yeah, and you were saying about not being able to hear the music, and just like Sonic. I feel like the music was a huge part of creating the atmosphere. And when I say atmosphere, it's not like atmospheric music. It's not like, it's just joyful, isn't it? it? It's like a party. It's like a carnival. It's just, it's fun and full of life. And it's extremely, extremely pleasant. I keep using that word, but it really is. It's just, it, it, it's the kind of thing that would just put a smile on your face. It would just really capture your imagination, I think, as a kid and, and really drag, drag you in. It, it was sublime. Um, so who's next? No, it wasn't. It was uh, the Sega Sound team. <laughs> sublime oh, a yeah, different yeah. band entirely. <laughs> you silly goose. What have I been smoking? Um, whatever Sublime no. were, I suppose. They, we don't no. know what they were smoking. We don't. Mm, they were smoking something. It was Sensimilia. I'm sure, I'm, sure it was, I'm sure it was legal, whatever <laughs> they were smoking. But unhealthy. Um, Kids, dear listeners, do not smoke. Do not don't do vape it. either. Don't no. vape. Don't join the vape nation. It's bad for your chest and it's bad for your soul as well. Where are we going with this? Who who, who else has played Knights? Who else has played Knights? Yeah, Nathan, Nathan Gibbon. What about you guys? Oh, okay. Well, I've got to go, oh, man. You guys, I got a story. You guys are going to love this. Okay, so 
on the day that Nights came out, um, I was with my family. We weren't at home. We were on a trip somewhere. I don't remember where, but um, I remember we were at a hotel and I got, I had picked up Nights, I think that day, maybe at an electronics boutique or something. And you know, I was just kind of enjoying the box. So I got the the package with uh, with the 3D controller, and you know, I was just reading the manual, um, fondling the controller, just you know, anticipating getting home to actually play it. But um, so anyway, yeah, at this hotel, um, I don't like. I was uh, I don't remember the context, but I was uh, doing something. I was just trolling my dad, and um, so then he he threw a shoe at me and uh i mean not in a violent way i mean you know just he was in a playful <laughs> i just well, you, know, you know i don't no. want to frame my dad in the wrong context here but yeah are you it was george just w way. bush in real life <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was like in a just yeah it was a playful thing um i was i was deliberately trolling him and he threw a shoe at me and then i like curled up to dodge it and what happened was that the shoe landed right smack on my balls and all the crown jewels. Yeah, it was. And I was literally wincing over in pain for the rest of the day. And I think all weekend. And so now like every time I see nights, (laughs) I feel a little, just like a, a little. Yeah. Yes, yes, a little pain in, you know, in my nutsack. And I remember <laughs> why I'm never going to have kids. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, sorry. That was just a yeah, stupid so – yeah, sorry. So, yeah, that was my, my first experience with Knights, and I, I associate that experience with, you know, the controller and the manual and just looking at the game. And, uh, yeah, then playing it, you know, getting home and playing it um, – I think it was not what I was expecting from seeing the previews in the magazines. Uh, like looking at it in the magazines, it looked like this kind of 3D, I don't want to say open world, but it looked like it had a lot more freedom, which you know you get when you're walking around as Elliot or Claire's, but when you actually play the game, it's very, very linear. It's a you know, it's a linear action game. Mm. Uh, and I hear people talking about how it's they had a hard time you know, picking it up and getting into it, like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I don't remember any of that. Like, I, it seemed pretty natural to me, like, as soon as I turned into Knights, what I was supposed to be doing. But, uh, yeah, it was not what I was expecting, but, uh, you know, it was beautiful. Um, yeah, I like Knights, all right. Um, I think it's a game maybe I respect more than I love. Uh, so my context for it was I kind of missed out on the entire generation, Saturn, PlayStation, Nintendo 64. I didn't yeah. own any of those consoles like while they were contemporary. Um, and actually, I don't think I ended up owning any of them until kind of like well past that generation had already like come and gone. I ended up, uh, you know, for <laughs> uh, being a kid and my financial circumstances at the time, like I held out for the Dreamcast. So I kind of like skipped over all that. So I never really like played Nights um, as originally intended. I think the first time I ever played it was one of those ports that came generations afterwards even though i do now own a like pristine copy of mm. nights into dreams like the full combo set that came with the 3d controller because one day i was in half price oh. books and i saw they just like had Ooh. this brand new 
copy of this game just sitting on the shelf and i think i paid like ten dollars for it <gasps> the fuck, i was dude? very Jesus. happy with that find that day yeah it was yeah uh, what year was this oh yeah it had to have been t- before 2015 because that was when i met yuji nakas of um relayed before on this podcast and i had taken that copy of uh nights to get signed by yuji Naka, but i ended up only picking two games because i was the guy that brought like <laughs> i grabbed every single sonic team game that i had <laughs> available to me to take to this encounter where i was going to meet uh izuka and naka and when it was my turn i saw that there were people behind me in line still so i was like okay i can't be that guy i'm just going to give him two games to sign so i picked sonic 3 and sonic adventure uh, but I had like, I had PSO version one, version two, Choo Choo Rocket, Samadé Mago, Knights in Detroit, all this stuff <laughs> rattling around in my back. You were ready. I was ready. <laughs> so if I ever meet him again, maybe I'll take the Knights because that was the one out of all the other ones I had that I was like, man, I should have gotten that one signed. But oh yeah, so but- I mean, I don't care to play the game that much. I think it's all right. I don't think I'm very good at it. Uh, I can't even remember if I've actually beaten it or not fully it's something that i intend to do but uh it's not really it's a very short life. game <laughs> i know it's pretty but short i get bored with it <laughs> at some point uh i think the soundtrack is probably my favorite part of the game yeah that's fair yeah that's a tough situation when you're like looking to get some games signed you have to very quickly decide what's my top three what's my top two of all these games i i've never had to, i've never been forced to make that decision and then you had to do it in real time yep <laughs> I was trying to be considerate to people behind me. <laughs> I That's got nice. I got the Nights into Dreams comic book signed by Dan Slot. So Ooh, wow, did Dan Slot work on Nights? Um, yeah, he did. He um, he he wrote the first issue, but issues two and three he just plotted. Um, didn't have time to like script it all. Oh, interesting. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I never knew that, but but funny you mentioned that because the the Archie Knights comic book with art, as I recall, by Patrick Spaz Spazianti. Spazianti. Spazianti was, uh, I think, my introduction to the character. Yeah, that that was the first. Uh, I guess you'd call it like a series, and then they did a sequel mini series. That was definitely not by Spaz. Um, no, and that was all. <laughs> was... all... All Carl Ballers, I believe, on the writing. Um, Dan Slott only like plotted the first three issues and scripted the first issue. And yeah, that went downhill. Um, I think even the art, I want to say Patrick Spaziante only did um, the covers and on the interiors, the layouts. So yeah, a bit of a rough yeah, time. They're like, oh, break There's some like infamously, shit, yeah. yeah, yeah, infamously yeah. rough panels from that. Oh book, boy, yeah, who were sharing <laughs> yeah. in the chat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but lots of spaz hands still. Everyone's got the mm-hmm. they're all like weird arched backs and like crinkled up hands mm-hmm. with like gnarled up fucking knuckles and just there's a lot yeah, of anatomy he... going on. It's just. <laughs> it's yeah, weird, well, like spaz understandably was going full anime with it. And um, whoever it was, I forget who, doing the finishers just finishers. didn't know. <laughs> just didn't know. They did not no, know. <laughs> I mean, I remember being aware of Nights into Dreams when it came out because of Sonic Team, because it was the next Sonic Team game. And I was reading about that in magazines and then later on the Internet. I didn't actually play Nights because I also did not own a Sega Saturn. And I also didn't own a PlayStation 2, so the first chance I had to play Knights was the PlayStation 3, and I loved the game. I 
I realized very quickly that this was not the game that I thought it was going to be because I don't know that I knew that it was linear and on rails, but I, in fact, can sometimes very much like those games. Uh, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Star Fox 64, one of my very favorites. And so I got into just replaying it and got really good at like doing the time and the loops and like collecting enough orbs and making enough links to like get high scores. And I, once, once I like found the rhythm of the game, I found that I, it was like that and NBA jam were like for a period of time, the only video games I was playing because I was busy with other life things, but I remembered the GHZ and I remembered my love for Sonic team. So I was like, Oh, Knights is here. I want to play a cool, weird retro video game. Knights is going to be it. And Knights is a character too with Knights you know, androgynous, strong bisexual energy was like a very attractive character was one that's just like very weird that's like oh who is this character this is so unique and specific it's a flying jester that kind of moves like a bird and they're also the lord of dreams and like they've Mm. got like this just a very it's just striking in a way that as a kid when it was knights versus crash bandicoot versus mario knights was at the bottom of my list i was definitely more interested in crash bandicoot as a thing i couldn't have than i was for knights but Knights as a character, partly because of the comic book and then a huge part just because of the design, it was just this character that I was always very intrigued by. Very much just like, it's like if Prince was a video game. It's like, somehow <laughs> it's just like, there's an energy to it that I find very compelling. And so I kind of just forced myself to like it. Now in recent replays and recently finding it on Xbox One through backwards compatibility, I found that I've lost all of my skills entirely uh, because I don't remember the level layouts. And that's exactly what you need to be able to be successful at the game is just memorize the levels, which isn't terribly unlike Sonic either. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's a natural transition into talking about, uh, you know, so this is Yuji Naka. So I guess development, according to this Wikipedia I'm looking at, Mm. development started as early as 92 when they were working on Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And feel free to correct me if this is wrong, but it was uh, Takashi Azuka, who, along with Yuji Naka and Naoto Oshima, who led the development. Naka had the idea of a flying game, and then Oshima wanted to develop an angel meets like a bird-like character, and Azuka did the level designs. Is that right? So in terms of what people were credited for, and like these credits are always a bit vague, you know, it's like yeah. you see a lot of old Japanese games, it's like planner, it's like planner. Um, so anyway, Yuji Naka is credited as producer and lead programmer, um, a lot of people think he directed this game. He did not. Um, Naoto Oshima directed the game. And everyone thinks, oh, Naoto Oshima, he designed all the characters. Um, which also isn't the case. Naoto Oshima designed Knights, but the main character designer for all the bosses, Nightmare and etc. was Kazuyuki Hoshino, who we all know as the lead Sonic art guy these days. And who previously worked on Sonic CD. And yet then, also people forget Takashi Izuka was the lead game designer. Um, I mean, I don't think we'll be talking too much about the sequel in this episode, but we're all quick to say, oh, Takashi Izuka, he ruins nights with that sequel. Um, But yeah, he was the lead game designer on this original one. Um, But I'm sure it wasn't as all neatly divided as that i'm sure it was all a bit of a creative mix very collaborative efforts um judging from all the interviews as well um there's a there's an interview up on schmupplations.com 
um, a website. Oh, yeah, that's I, a good one. Yeah, highly recommend that website. Um, where they say that originally they wanted to do it as a 2D game with gorgeous, like, sprite-based graphics. And um, they really had to have their arm twisted to try it out in 3D. Um, Yuji Naka reasoned, well, the, the TV screens are flat, so how can you have a 3D game if the TV screen's flat? Like, oh. is 3D even believable? But, what a dummy. I mean, I, I could see it. it would... <laughs> <laughs> but, how many I mean... buttons? <laughs> <laughs> so that, well, that's that's another interesting point. Um, so nights into yeah. nights yeah. into dreams. Um, for the for the most part, is a one button game, but you can also do your acrobat tricks. So it's kind of a three button game. Um, but yeah, for the mo- most of the game, you're using either the analog pads or the D pads to control knights. Then you've got a dash button, you know, like a bit like Sonic yeah. and his spin dash, but so you're playing similar, yeah, and like, then, a, like a boost button, you might say, yes, almost like yes, almost, actually, yes, it's, more, it's the exact same fucking thing. Oh my god, yes. I've yep. never realized this before. <laughs> it's the same this, fucking is, thing this is where it all started stuck in the boost era since the 90s. Oh Dance my god! Sonic. Um, yeah. And yeah, then you've got your L and R buttons just to do some acrobatics in the air. Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of wanted to give to do a quick challenge. Um, I wanted to compare how easy it is to describe the gameplay loop of Knights versus the gameplay loop of like any other game. So, like, I'm just gonna pop quiz a couple of folks. Uh, Grant, can you describe to me uh, like what you do? in a level of Mario 64. What you do in a level of Mario 64, yeah, sure. sure. You are given an objective, and then you're placed into a 3D playground environment where you need to go find an object, or race a character, or beat a boss. OK, cool. Yeah. Uh, Gibbon, can you describe maybe the what you do in a level of night? You fly around. Um... A linear racetrack, aerial racetrack, collecting blue spheres for points. And mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but how do you get to the end of the level? Oh, you got to break the, um, what was it called? The uh, idea capture or something like that. Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, you have to. Come on, fellas, really? <laughs> <laughs> What you do in Knights is you control a character who has full 360 range of motion on a 2D plane, and you are essentially racing through courses that loop on the, themselves. And as you loop through these courses, you have to collect the blue orbs, as Gibbon said, and then you're trying to collect enough of those orbs to deposit into the checkpoint at the beginning of the course. And when you do that enough, you move on to the next course. And you do that enough times, then you move on to the boss. That's it. False. False. You missed out of it. There's one one thing that you're missing here, which is the so you need 20 orbs that you release into the idea capture, which is midway through the course, <laughs> and then to repeat the course, you need to make sure to dodge the beginning checkpoint area, because if you go there too soon, then you're going to get a low score. So you need to like yes. make yeah, sure that you I fly around. Yeah, but I was just describing it. the basic loop of the game, not the complexities of the gameplay itself. Like as a, a basic description of how to play the game, yeah. Sure, but to finish a level, you actually need to get a high enough score on all four tracks, and you so like you can't just do the thing that it's kind of telling you to do, which is go get twenty chips, 
run to the idea capture, which is, which is a weird floating sphere that's never explained, um, blow that up, kind of overload it, and then go straight back to the starting point uh, and go to the next track, because that will get you like a low grade. And if you get right. all low grades, you don't get to the next level. So you don't really beat the level. You finish it, but you don't beat it, really. really? So, like, yeah. Yeah, you need a C grade to... And to oh get to God, the final... The right, right. To get to the okay. final level of the game, you have to get passing grades in all three of you, the previous levels. And you need to time it out carefully, because if you stay... There's a timer. So if you stay out right. too long trying to collect a high score, you may realize, oh, shoot, this track is 30 seconds long. I thought it was 20 seconds long. Uh, and then you might get screwed with having to play as Claire or Elliot in a, night in a nightmare version of the dream world where a clock is chasing you and you have <laughs> awkward controls and you have to somehow find your way back and still get an F. This is a game that definitely punishes you for, for playing the 3D part of the game. Um, and yeah, you do lose all your points. So like, it is, everything about the game is, is incentivizing you to get high scores. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of like, everything about it kind of, to me, has Naka's fingerprints all over it. I know that like, he was not director of the game, he was producing it, but uh, it is, it is mechanically, to me, kind of perfect. It, it doesn't, it is really difficult to describe, but it all fits together and, and has, is just kind of perfect in the way that each part sort of works with the others. Yeah, the design doc for this game must be like a nightmare, but whenever you actually <laughs> sit down and play it, it's, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it just makes sense. It feels really natural. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird though, like that I never really, thought about it and i think that's testament to how well it's designed is i never thought about yeah. what i was doing and like you say and you, as you so eloquently put and, and pointed out that when you describe what you're doing it doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't it, to explain it to someone you'd be like what is the appeal but i think it's so elegantly designed and and fit together and also just the fact that it's so joyous to play what i was saying earlier on the music is communicating such joy and and such um you know, excitement to just the thrill of just flying around and feeling free and the movement that was the central conceit of the game was the fluidity of it, much like classic Sonic games. It wasn't necessarily about speed. It was about fluidity. And this also had the same sort of thing to, to that, have that feeling when you're playing um, is kind of, you want to play it, even if you didn't understand it first and you'll, you will, play and you will learn and you will get better and you'll just in, enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it which is just a wonderful thing part of this game that feels like it is remaking sonic but not doing sonic in the same way that it's about speed it's more emphasis on high score than sonic but you know you've got loops it's like sonic but flying it feels very much like yeah. oh this is the same team taking the ideas that they like which are like kind of score attack fast-paced games that involve doing circles and veer and having weird characters and weird alien worlds or dream worlds. Um, but the idea is to like replay it and to memorize it like that. It feels like it's, it feels like it is very adjacent to Sonic from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. I feel like the big difference is probably that Sonic was a very, unique and different and interesting thing and it still is you still don't really get games that play like classic sonic games 
um, but it was still doing so within the parameters of the 2D scrolling platformer genre. Whereas Nights into Dreams, what genre is it? You know, yeah, it's not it's really. Its thing. Yeah, I mean, you could say, okay, you're flying through, you're flying through link rings, so it's a bit like pilot wings, but it's also completely not because it's on a 2D plane. Um, and you're like, well, 2D side scrolling. So it, is it a platformer? No. Well, it, is it a shooter? There are no, no, you're not shooting. So um, it's just completely its own thing. And I feel like that's become increasingly, increasingly rare as yeah. the video game industry like marches on. You know, it's like even like even. Even even in 1996, I feel like you'd seen most genres of games. It feels like a lot of the games we play today are just like evolutions of games we like played before. Whether it's Doom or Super Mario or FIFA or whatever else, but there's no there's no game where you're like, oh yeah, that's a knight's like. Yeah, that's a oh this is like in yeah. the vein of knights. Right. People no one tried saying, to follow it up. No one, no one. Because There's a million and nobody's tried to follow up Sonic either, like in from a gameplay well, perspective. From no a game, there games. are Sonic offshoots like with Freedom Planet and other like two. Freedom Planet like, doesn't have there's... rolling. It's not really about there's rolling. It's got other characters. Oh come on! All right, this is, it's clearly extremely obviously influenced by Sonic. I think like it's influenced by Sonic, Sonic in some ways, but it's not... there's no such thing as like a Sonic spiritual successor now. Is I think that's... no, in a no game, you're I'm you're not that. understanding my point. It's they're 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 taking the aesthetics of Sonic those games like freedom planet they're taking the vibe of sonic but they're not taking the actual gameplay loop of sonic those are more traditional action adventure platformers that have some speed elements but they're not built around the rolling momentum physics yeah in that sense sonic is is still an outlier yeah and a lot of people tried to copy the look of the character there was all those mascots with attitude you know in the mega drive era um but even then it was like even at a surface level people were trying to copy sonic but missing the point but with knights, it's like no one saw knights and went, "Yeah, I'm gonna make an. I'm gonna make my own knights." They didn't. They just they were just like, "What the fuck is this?" It was just it just existed, bafflingly. Knights doesn't ever appear on a game on a cover of EGM. Like even mm-hmm. when knights is about to come out, the all of the emphasis and the only cover that the Saturn gets that year is Sonic, about and it's about Sonic versus Crash versus Mario, and this is on the eve of knights coming out. And uh, like they're focused on Sonic Extreme, so I think like uh, I think Knights as a character is really hard to, or it was probably ahead of its time. Like I mean, if you introduce a you know uh, a non-binary flying jester that's kind of weirdly flamboyant and ethereal <laughs> right now in a video game, you'd probably you'd probably get a pretty good response. Mm, really? um, like you mean like Balan Wonderworld? <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, Balan's, Balan's got a gender. Uh, Knights is—he's—he uh, he. looks. Uh, Knights he is, looks Knights exactly like Knights. Oh no, it's obviously a ripoff. Um, but <laughs> he's—he's um, kind of more bouncy and like uh, I don't know, clowny than Knights, uh, uh, except for the ripoff flying segments where you clearly—they clearly, clearly oh. were going to have a, a Knights style uh flying bit but instead they ha- they like ran out of money and they Didn't. had to just do a, just, a qte yeah it's not uh, even really quick. it's a slow time event really in it it's not really quick time. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same it's the same slow time event 
for every level. Um, yes, but, it's embarrassing. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, that's the other thing that's really interesting to me is like how, how Knight speaks to Sonic Team as Sonic Team. Like, you've got uh, Balan Wonder, Wonder Land, Wonder World. Balan Wonder World. Wonder World. I don't know. Why is it land? Anyway, Balan, Balan <laughs> um, is, you know, it's Oshima and Naka back in the saddle, ostensibly. But, you know, it's not it's not even them with Izuka. It's them and, I guess, a, a team at Square Enix. And the difference between those guys working with a sort of organic team of people who had come up through the ranks in Sega and were talented and probably had some arcade sort of background and knew what they were doing versus sort of Naka's top-down vision of what he wanted a 3D platformer to be, but also kind of be knights, uh, is kind of staggering. Like you can and and I think even Izuka's run at doing another knight's uh journey into dreams oh, is yeah. just a is just the worst. It's just the worst um <laughs> sort of excesses of that era of Sega with just so much voice acting and bad, bad polygonal models and and sort of avoid avoiding at all costs and padding out the core gameplay loop with just nonsense side missions that don't actually get so, to the. I don't think I've ever played that one. Is it like as bad as its reputation? Like game well, what's like what's like what's like really, all well, the other nonsense? And I'm curious how it plays. Is it bad? The problem I have with it is that the levels themselves aren't bad like the knights levels in it they're different because they are arranged in another way if i remember right that they don't actually quite do the same sort of loop um but they're close enough that like you can see that it works and that the core sort of gameplay conceit from the original knights is still functional but the which game are you guys talking about are you talking journey about sequel, or, uh, journey, 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 of dreams, journey of dreams which came out journey of dreams. in okay. yeah. uh, apparently 2007 yeah the wii one for the um, wii. yeah yeah yeah, but right, like for one, um, they just don't have it. They clearly don't have any faith that that will be fun and exciting enough to keep people playing, and so they just constantly throw you into these like non knights style side missions, where which are two D, but they're like they're just I can't even remember what exactly they were trying to pull off. But but the other big biggest sort of issue with it um, is that the Wii controller doesn't have it has corners like the the analog stick has corners and you can't oh, do yeah, yeah you can't do thing, a normal yeah. loop i don't know what the fuck they were thinking they they it's made awful. a game for a system that fundamentally was incompatible with the, the gameplay experience that they were after it was ridiculous the ports originally all had that i don't know if it's been patched out of any version but yeah they launched with that I haven't tried it in a while, but it it was off-putting to the point where I think I did two stages and I just couldn't play anymore because I I just it made me feel like a dumbass. I was just like trying to fucking do my, my loops and stuff and, and go around and it just I'm snapping all over the place and it just it felt completely unnatural and it was the antithesis of what drew me to nights in the first place, which was just the, that freedom and that charm and that fluidity, you know. I made an octagon. I'm trying to make a loop here. Yeah. Hey, I'm looping here. I yeah, so that is a problem with the HD port then, because yeah. I was yeah I was playing it on uh, Steam yesterday and uh, it definitely felt different. But I, I thought it was maybe you know just I got really rusty or something. Old, old man fingers, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I don't. I don't think it's you, bro. I think it's uh, 
whoever whoever ported it fucked up big time. Sega fucking up a port? That's unusual, fellas, huh? Isn't it? They did that. I've only ever played it on, like I said, PS3 and Xbox, so I don't have I don't have the Saturn to compare oh. to. But I thought it controlled fine. Yeah. Like I maybe, but maybe that's why I was never like, oh, these controls are so good. I was, I just was like, yeah, they're they're, they're all right. Yeah. They're, I mean, it's still like you do have to you have to consciously decide to vibe with the game because the way it's presented versus the way it plays, as Gibbon was alerted to earlier, alluded to earlier is a little bit of a sucker punch. Like, it looks 3D if you're watching someone else play it. It definitely does not feel 3D. It feels extremely 2D, but a little confusing because you don't know what the route... You don't know where you're going to go until you're already there. There's a way in which it kind of feels like a tech demo that was, like, fleshed out a bit uh, into, like, an arcade experience. The 3D part that does exist, you yeah, like you said, you don't want to be there. <laughs> you want to avoid that. It's stressful. It it's not the game's version of Mario 64. It's a hellscape. You're just running away from yeah. this fucking hell clock that wants to yeah. e- eat you alive. Um, because waking up in this game is dying. I don't know. Yeah, yeah pretty just much. Just like in real life. <laughs> just like yeah. <laughs> that clock always reminded me of the abominable snowman in Ski Free, that old Windows. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. What's this? Wait, Ski Free? No. Y'all don't know Ski Free? Damn. No, what the fuck? Ski Free was a PC game that was released as part of the 1991 Microsoft Entertainment Pack. After finishing a skiing course, the player would be relentlessly chased by the abominable snowman. Um, I, I kind of wanted like, um, to ask Given a little bit about his thoughts about the AI, or the um, Nitopians, which are the sort of prim primogenitor but they're their predecessor Pre- to progenitor. Um, yeah. progenitor there we go of um well, of chaos or chows how do we say it chow, chow. i chow. said ko2 until i heard it in the game like reading Same. all the pre-release information i was like oh it's like short it's like chaos right so it's ko you would think can i hijack the conversation very briefly as we're now talking about ko used to talk about ko flying squadron 2 again uh two things <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> nice <laughs> um Few things I've just learned about KO Flying Squadron 2 is that it is called KO Flying Squadron and not KO's Flying Squadron. It's not the Flying Squadron that belongs to KO. I didn't realize that. I don't know how I got that wrong for the last 25 years. Uh, there we are. The other thing is, is that the uh, animated sequences at the beginning of KO Flying Squadron 2 are animated by Studio Piero, who animated, oh. among other things, the Sonic OVA. How about that? There you wow. go. Sonic the Hedgehog podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. I'm I'm so sorry, Lucy. Brought it full circle. All we are allowed to talk about is any link to Sonic as tenuous as possible. <laughs> this is what the kids want. All right. Well, uh, okay. in that case, this is my tangential relation to uh, Sonic as the, is <laughs> yeah. the predecessor to the ca- ca- cow. Chow? Ah, Damn it, chow. Cow. <laughs> cow. The predecessor oh. to the chow. It sounds the wrong. Um, it system. Uh, which is the Nitopians, but like this, like I kind of wanted Green Gibbon to talk about it because he obviously had. I, I read his like oh, GHC yes. guide, um, and he obviously had done a lot more with it than me um, because I oh, don't yeah. think I even realized it existed until I read that like that part of the uh, GHC museum back in the day. Like I don't think I even realized you could do anything uh, to like yeah. influence those guys or the, or anything like that. 
So I've had questions about that. Are you supposed to like do it while you're knights or can you do it as a human and trying to run away from the clock? Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can interact with the eggs, I think, while you're Elliot or Claris, but um, you can't make a Mippian. Okay. And that's the appeal. So what is a Mippian and how do you do this? <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, um, I kind of have um, a love-hate relationship with the A-Life system is what they called it in Knights because – it is really, really appealing, and it's fun to just mess with and see what you can do with it. But at the same time, uh, if you want to, you know, build an a life sort of a zoo in your in your stages, it kind of affects your ability to score attack because knights can actually kill <laughs> these little creatures that are <laughs> you know running around, and they're they actually have like a, there's a gauge that shows their affection or I don't know what what would you say not disaffection like a hatred <laughs> dislike of knights <laughs> and it's based on you know how you treat them as you're flying around and if you know they're all there are a lot of these little nightopians and they're all very happy um it affects the music in the stage yeah, that's, so cool. that's actually that's really fascinating because each track has it's divided into all these segments and each segment has just different versions there's the happy version the sad version and i think two or three in between so there's just so many different music variations you can get as you play the game based on the a-life system how the child not the child the uh, the nightopians are feel about knights but yeah because you can actually accidentally kill them while you're playing that affects all this and um so you know if you're you know you're like flying around trying to do a score attack and then one gets in your way it just throws off your whole groove uh but um yeah i mean i thought it was a lot of fun because if you do the drill attack into one of the nightmare creatures flying around the enemies, then it goes bouncing around the stage as a ball. And if that ball hits one of the Nitopians, then I think it actually kills the Nitopian, but they lay a colorful egg. And when that egg hatches, it's a mix. It's an Nitopian with parts from whatever nightmare creature that hit it. And again, there's just all kind of different combinations you can make, and I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's You're it's trying so to make monsters. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's it feels so it it is super cool and so obviously so totally integrated into the game, but it also is like really, really, really kind of not a good match with Knight's gameplay loop itself, like. Yeah, there's this always this conflict. Like, yeah, do I want to do I want to make happy little family or do I want to get a good score? Yeah, it reminds me of Sonic CD in that way, it, and with how like the music changes. You know, to insist on having like these different variants on the musical score for it, depending on how you change the future of it with what you do with it, and like on one hand it being like time attack, and on the other hand being exploratory, uh, you can feel some of the Sonic CD ness in Nights. I think. Oh god, have we we haven't even mentioned um we haven't mentioned the 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 paraloop yet, like the main method of attack, which is also being resurrected in um in Sonic Frontiers. Uh basically basically you just spin you just fly a loop around an enemy and that it, it causes this circle of damage that um will either like kill them or or if it's a boss, hurt it. Um and it's a really, really smart uh 
like non-confrontational attack that I can't wait to see how they fuck it up in Frontiers. <laughs> well, it was another uh, answer to the question of how do you attack something in a 3D space? And I know it's not really a true 3D game, but... Two and a half? Yeah, two and a half D, if you like. 2.5D, as we used to say. Mm. Um, uh, and oh, it's also interesting that you raise a point that it's non-confrontational. Knights isn't directly really like harming... You don't like bash things you don't chuck things at people well you might just chuck monsters at, at small babies and make mutants <laughs> if you like i guess um but yeah it's it's interesting that you kind of just it's the flying the acrobatics of it are what does the damage you know it's true to the character to attack in that way you don't just slam into things you 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 dazzle them with your aerial prowess they should have given them a shoot button and a gun they got six buttons on that Saturn <laughs> controller. They're only using one of them. What a waste. I know. I so you could get away with it when it was 2D. So you can you can still do your like dash attack into enemies. And there's like some enemies. It's You can just, just sort of fly into them and you touch them. And then knights will automatically start circling them and do a power loop that way. Oh, so yes, of course. You can, yeah. Yeah, so it's like really like user-friendly, um, like player-friendly, um, especially in Spring Valley. Like most enemies, you can just sort of go up to them and touch them and do an auto-power loop, or you can do a power loop yourself, or you can spin into them. And it's only later into the stage that you start getting these sort of like flying crab enemies mm. that try and drag you down, but you can still sort of do a dash out yeah. of them. Um, it's got it's got very very interesting set of enemies and they do get more advanced as you go on and yeah. you can you can sort of see some repeats of old ideas um from the sonic series um well maybe just one that i noticed was there's a fish enemy in splash garden um that's surrounded by three spiked balls so a bit like mm. an orbinaut and it's like it's yeah. the same kind of thing of like, oh, you want to avoid those spike balls, and in that case, it's easier to just do a power loop around the whole thing, but it's got to be a larger radius. Um, then, yeah, there's all, all kinds of all kinds of quirky little enemies. There's one that will shrink you temporarily. Oh, I don't uh, know that one. I don't think I've got yeah, that far. Uh, <laughs> I'm fucking shit at this game, mate. Uh, well, no, you're, you're good at the game if it's never happened to you. Oh. Um, you only get oh, okay, it if cool. you fuck up. Nice. Um, but that's in the in the forest level, Mystic Forest. Oh. I'm, not, I'm trying to. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the the ghz.com. I'm like, oh, well, have a have a little refresher of all the enemies. Um, Green Gibbon, you fucked up. Where where are the enemies here? Um, okay, okay, we've got we've got them in text form. There's no pictures, and I bet you put all the names in Japanese as well, you purist. Um, they're actually the same in this one, so that's okay. We've got cruel, oh, okay. cruel and cruel and pull, um, party, pictures. Wait, I'm trying to. Wait, what's the URL? I don't even remember the URL. <laughs> what's the URL? Uh, the ghz.com. Ghz.com/slash <laughs> nights/slash nights/nights.html. <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, kids, if you didn't know, back in the day, web design consisted of just saving a bunch of files into a bunch of nested folders. I don't yes. think they do that anymore. <laughs> okay, so I ended up having I ended up having very, very little to say about the enemies, um, because my reference for ghz.com failed me. Um, no, so shall we, shall we shall we talk about the levels a bit? Yeah, sure. The environments. 
Spring Valley, shall we start with? Anyone got any thoughts on Spring Valley? Is that the ideal? The no, ideal. The ideal. It's the ideal. I mean, it's just your, it's a kind of, it's even more introductory than um, Splash Valley because I don't think it even has, most levels have like this toward the, like in the like second or third or fourth um, track out of four, you will like have a weird sort of bit where Knight transforms or does something weird. But I think Spring Valley doesn't even have one of those. I think it's like really introductory um, and just has you kind of swooping around a verdant valley and, you know, for the last track, I think you go up into the mountains. It's very, it's uh, kind of basic, I guess. Yeah, so it's all Alps and windmills and it's, it's very pleasant, very pleasant. Um, with Nights being like a 2D game, sometimes you fly to the top of the screen and you've got like upside down scenery sort of like sandwiching it um which immediately makes again think, oh, sonic cd a... yeah yeah you think oh this is this really is a strange dream world full of magic and wonder um yeah so it's it's neat is you get the idea of it of it's a pretty dream world we've got floating windmills on floating aisles but you know it's the kind of stuff you see in a video game um, the first Elliot level is Splash Garden, the affection. And I think this is my favorite one visually, but I'm always a sucker for summer vibes. Sort of, it's not a beach level, but it's got the spirit of a beach level. Yeah. You go underwater at the end and become a weird half fish thing. Yeah, like a like a bit of a mermaid situation yeah. going on on the fourth course. Um, something that delighted yeah. me in Splash Garden is that there's a clock and you can see the clock when you clarify certain Elliot obviously but it's it's sort of like a clock but in a in a garden like giant garden clock thing yeah um it and the actual time based on Saturn's internal clock right yes that was so cool I was so impressed <laughs> by that um because most you know Saturn's got an internal clock um, for the most part, it was just there, and you know, maybe you'll load a save file on the game. It'll be like, oh, last save to twelfth of June or whatever. Um, yeah, in nights, that clock is the re- it's a- tells you the real time. They didn't have to do that, um, but they just did it. They were like, oh, what features does the Saturn have? It's got a clock. Let's use that. Yeah, sure, we'll put a big clock in this level. Um, and it's just it's just those um, little touches in nights that. I think uh just delightful yeah there's a lot of little grace notes in this game um that don't have to be there but like clearly they put in the time and effort to like sort of fill it out and make it feel real so the the second claris level is mystic forest the possibility uh this one kind of uh, this is maybe my least favorite it's kind of like very it's a little more claustrophobic it kind of makes you bounce off a bunch of stuff and then the sort of extra gameplay mode at the end course is this thing where you're you're like overhead um, and can't you can hardly see anything but you need to like go through this area and find the idea capture which I guess we haven't explained what that is it's just a weird oh, floating yeah. orb uh, that you throw a bunch of blue chips into um, yeah, yeah, but I just I remember getting it. like just totally trapped in there and not knowing what the fuck I was doing um, it's like a hedge so, maze thing isn't it and you're yeah, kind of yeah, like exactly. trying to get out yeah that's a weird fucking thing to do to somebody, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cluttered level. 
Um, it's like yeah. very, very nice, very atmospheric, but yeah, it's just yes. a lot of clutter, a lot of floating blocks, a lot of um, bouncing off of things. Um, and you, to say it's the second Claris level, it's a bit of a steep learning curve. Um, it's not so difficult yeah. that you'll fail over and over, but it's probably out of all of them, one of the ones you'll struggle with the most to get a good score. Um, but it's, even this one, it's got its nice little secrets. Um, so there's this one bit where you sort of keep on hitting these buttons and usually you oh, hit yeah. these buttons and it just opens a box and draws some items to you. Um, one thing I didn't realize until like months and months after after owning this game is that it keeps on opening a lid up and down on um, on this sort of I don't know how to it's sort of like a bit of a crypt, a bit of a tomb, like an underground yeah. passage. And if you get it in the right state, then you can actually fly. You can avoid the normal route and fly underground and into that passage and it's like oh we've got like a nice little secret area and um i think the other again the other like this didn't need to be in here um is in one of the overhead sections there's like a, a little little red car like a little like busted up oh, yeah. jil- busted up jalopy and it follow it follows knights it's like on the ground and you sort you of can, you, you can get a bonus if you get into a uh you can get a bonus if you lead it into a little parking garage. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, all fit like all things considered, that's not that's not the efficient way to get a high score, but it's something you can do, and it's cute, it's fun. It doesn't have to be there. Um, you might not even notice what's going on at first, but they put it in there anyway, and it's just just a delight. Um, so the second Elliot level is Frozen Bell, the consciousness. This is the one with the bobsled racing at the end, right? Yes. Oh, that's cute. So you, you turn into one, right? Yeah, the train, you turn, the train. There's a train. Yeah, there's a train going around. Um, so the bobsled bit is cute because... Um, so we saw earlier Knights turning into a mermaid. Um, on this one, Knights is turning into a bobsled, but then yeah. you've got Elliot sort of riding the bobsleds mad in it yeah so um yeah this one's very is <laughs> what were they what were they what smoking were they what were oh. they vaping nothing what were uh, nothing like, what a cop-out fuck i hate people who do that shit man like oh what are these drugs are these guys on like no it's, it's they're just being creative they're just they're having yeah, fun it's just creativity it's, it's just yeah remember that just, yeah yeah the interview it's weird and fun like oh yeah well we thought it would be fun to have a have a jester character we like Cirque du Soleil and it's like oh yeah yeah you're probably like smoking the drugs though yeah it's like Cirque du Soleil on acid fuck no it's the kind of creativity that you don't see often anymore like people are scared of it like it's the sort of thing that you might see in something like Mario Odyssey where you play it and you go this is fucking joyous why aren't games this fun anymore uh, I know I sound like an old man, but like, yeah, yeah. I think even in 1996, this was atypical. Um, so you've got this, lo- like this yeah. level. It's a very, it's not explicitly Christmassy, but it's got all the jingle bells kind of going on, bobsled, a little train going around. That, and your main character, you're like a flying jester in a colorful dream world. And you've got these little Cupid doll, little creatures living there. And this was... 
the killer app Saturn game. You know, this was yeah. this was their follow up to Sonic. This was mm. the AAA must have game on Sega Saturn, and oh, yeah. they went out of their way to not do something cool like even like this yeah. like even by 1996 standards this wasn't it wasn't a even for a kids game it wasn't a cool sassy animal like crash bandicoot or sonic it wasn't yeah. um you know quake was getting popular it was as far removed from quake as you could get it wasn't like a real life like oh we've got a fifa we've got our cars we've got a it was it just going completely against the grain in in all regards you're saying about uh Balan Balan's Wonderworld land earlier on and the character is just grinning like a fucking prick the whole time <laughs> and it's obnoxious as hell he's doing a sonic grin he's doing that thing um knights doesn't knights is is a gentle character they 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 just they're quite serene they're very peaceful and it's there's something i think quite charming about that the whole the whole game and like the the story is extremely like pretty bare bones but it's also very mm. guileless and sweet it's just about kids yes. finding the confidence to do the things they love like it's, yeah. got, it's about a kid it's about a boy who likes basketball and gets mm. dunked on and feels bad yeah. about it and a girl who likes to sing and has a bad audition yeah, yeah. uh then they go into the dream steven and then... spielberg was there in that classic sort of overly plastic Saturn uh, CGI. Um, But they go into a dream and then they get to be knights for a while and that makes them more confident. And then in the final, what I always found really cool about like the combination of sort of story and gameplay is that in the final level, you know, you start out without knights and you can't get to knights. And that's like that stupid, like uh, what alarm clock has conditioned you to freak out when you don't have, uh, knights around because you're going to die and basically the game just forces you to uh, like jump off a cliff and, uh, and instead of like you know obviously dying you come back and now you're flying as the kids and it's just a really it's a very sort of seamless melding of story and gameplay that I think kind of uh, we didn't get a whole lot of from Sonic Team after that we, they got they kind of got into extended cinemas uh, and uh kind of wanting to play director but like knights was very it's it kind of feels to me a lot like the last sort of hurrah of that uh sonic classic sonic style of storytelling where like at max you're gonna have like 15 seconds of um sort of the in-game models doing something and then maybe you have something have a cinema at the end but that's about it and i kind of i miss that simplicity and that's kind of what knights does for me it's a very unique game. It was unique at the time. It's only sort of become more unique with time because as it's been pointed out, you don't see game you cer- you don't see uh, you know on rails games period, but you certainly don't see them with like this gentle strange um approach to storytelling and character design and and all around. And that that uniqueness is a huge part of the appeal for me uh and probably for most fans of the game is that it's just because it's you it's you don't see anything like it and so it makes it something that you can appreciate that much more of like this is a, a weird gem made by a team that was kind of at the height of their powers uh and the height of their ability to like get funding for any weird 
idea they had because, hey, it worked the first time. It worked with Sonic, so mm-hmm. let's do it. Um, you know, I don't know if it was like a big budget game in comparison to like Super Mario 64 or Crash Bandicoot, but this was definitely like, uh, you know, this was positioned as the Saturn killer app, as Lee said, and uh, you just... Yeah, I mean, I do, and I, I think it was brought up earlier by Lostit that, like, yeah, I think if this game came out today as like an indie, sort of, you know, it would it would find an audience, and it would, but it would still kind of be this like, you know, isolated. I mean, it, at the, if it were to come out now, like now, if it, it was somebody intentionally doing a Knights thing, um, you know, like a Knights Mania approach from an indie developer, that would be interesting, but it would be, um, it wouldn't be the same thing, obviously. Hmm. It wouldn't be, this is the game that's going to sell PlayStation 5s. Right. Yeah. Which is just like Sega at their most Sega-ness. And in, in both the good and bad sense of like, really only Sega could, could do a move like this uh, and, and, and put their chips on it. Um, but speaking of, uh, this was something that Losa and I were talking about before we started recording. Uh, we were, you know, this is this is not the last time that Yuji Naka and Naoto Oshima worked together. They worked together again on Burning Rangers, which I think is the last time that they worked together in Sonic Team uh, before oh. they reunite more recently with Balan Wonderworld. Uh, well, Oshima was involved with Sonic Adventure at some point. Like was early he? on. Yeah. Okay. So Sonic Adventure is the last time they worked together then. I think so. Yeah, I think he directed so. the cutscenes. Is that correct? I want to say that's. The case. Yeah, it wasn't like too deep into Sonic Adventure, but um, yeah, it was something like that. And I don't think Naka was necessarily too involved in Burning Rangers. So you could kind of say this is like their biggest, like last big collaboration. Yeah, and um, like prior to this, you know, they hadn't worked. They didn't work together on Sonic Two, Sonic Three and Knuckles, Sonic CD. They'd sort of parted ways after Sonic 1, and Knights right. was their reunion. So Losit and I were trying to figure out, and I want to ask this question to you guys too, if you had to rank your top three members of Sonic Team, and I, can't <laughs> ask, and I can't ask you for more than three because probably only two of us could name five, uh, <laughs> and you're stretching. And so who are your top three, however you want to like rank them, by whatever criteria? I would say maybe it's by what you think is their like their importance their 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 contrib- their ability to contribute to the thing that you love and why you love it because i think conventional new wisdom i would be surprised if anybody's putting yuji naka on top <laughs> but i think that's like a flip of how it like used to be like yuji naka has now become so sort of overrated in his in his importance on sonic or on knights or on sonic team as a whole and now it's kind of like, yeah, but was he really? And also, he's obviously a huge dick. And obviously, there's balance. Yeah, he, so he's kind of a dick. Yeah. It's like he like drops down to three. Whereas I think if you ask this question in 1996 or 2000, oh, Yuji Naka is at the top, of course. It's it's just like I think it's just it's a backlash. I think to that those years of him putting himself forward as this kind of Miyamoto style character, you know, creator of Sonic, Yuji Naka. And it's like, man, you need to create shit. Like, come on now. Like, you, you programmed it, you came up with it. And like, I appreciate the gameplay is an important factor, but just he, he created essentially a tech demo. You know, he wasn't planning the levels, he wasn't designing the characters. And without that, you know, I'm not saying he's less important, but he couldn't have done it in a vacuum kind of thing. You know, you'd have to have done it with everybody else. 
And yet it's still that programming that makes those classic games well, there you unique go. and hold you up. See? I don't know. To answer your question, I've got to put Oshima at the top because the character yeah. of Sonic itself or the character of Knights is the immediate striking thing about it is, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what always grabbed me to it is, is these are the, you know, you want to play as that character and you, you don't care how. And then whomever was... I think Oshima is yeah. definitely like, for, for me as well, Oshima is the number one because without the character, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah without that design and then i don't know i don't know anyone else from sonic team uh who i don't know i'd have to look at the credits to be honest but well sure you know you know you know uh you, you got uh, Big at the top you've got uh carol Yas, yes, and you've got you yeah. too yeah well yasuhara um yeah yasuhara is number two was yeah because they were you know responsible for actually making the game and we're talking about Sonic again, I suppose. Oh, the layouts, right? Yeah, making it and all the little scribbles, the little designs, the little gimmicks and things that you fall around with. And by the time you get to Sonic Three and Knuckles, it's full of them, you know. And everything is is just interesting and different and unique. And yeah, I think without that, it'd be sorely lacking. And then for third, I don't know, Hoshino, because <laughs> he came up with Metal Sonic, right? And yeah, Sonic's the coolest. Wow, Naka doesn't even make the top three. Fuck Naka, yeah. <laughs> Revisionist, sure, but whatever. He was kind of a dick on Twitter one time. Fuck that guy forever. He's cancelled. <laughs> He's been me. a dick a lot on Twitter recently. I love it. Grant, if you don't mind me switching the paradigm, can we do, um, instead of just ranking them, can we just go down the line and everyone does a uh, fuck, Mary kill for uh, Naka, <laughs> Oshima, Oshima and, uh, and Yasuhara? Sure. All right, well, I'll go first. Um, I guess, uh, fuck Oshima, marry Yasuhara, kill Naka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fine, deal. I'm gonna gonna fuck Yasuhara, Mm. because he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna have a great, like, vision for how this should go. He's gonna make it fun, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Fun to play, right? Yeah. I'm gonna kill Naka, obviously. <laughs> and so then I'm marrying Oshima. And Oshima just seems like a nice man with like, oh, maybe I'll tend to the garden. You know, it will be a lot of that mm. with Oshima, I imagine. He just wants to make a life with you. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, hey, I drew this uh, weird genderless uh, jester. And I'm like, I love it. Oh, I drew this little hedgehog. Oh, I drew this he- this egg-shaped man. I drew this, just always like drawing little crazy creatures. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a nice little life. Lovely. Okay. You're married to an artist, Grant, so this tracks. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was why like, he would be that. nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not a huge switch. I feel that. From a nice yeah. Canadian woman to an older Japanese man. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's what I'm doing in this scenario. As long as you're drawing characters for me, I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's right. Well, what about That's you guys? Who are you fuck, Mary killing guy. of Naoto, Shima, Yuji Naka? And, uh-oh, I'm blanking out his first name. Yasuhara. Yeah. Hirokazu. Hirokazu. So I think it would be Fukushima because he's an artist, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, artists, like, they're quite, they're quite the spiritual and sensual and they know, are they? you know, they are, they are. Like yes. Kate Bush. Like Kate yeah. Bush. Exactly like Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, marry, yeah. marry Yasuhara because he's got his shit together. He knows how to plan things out, you know. Oh. So, so it's like yeah. he's he's not going to forget to like. Oh, it's his night to put the trash out or whatever. You know, he's gonna. We, it's not going to be a clusterfuck. My marriage to mm. to legendary game designer Yasuhara. And um, I'm sorry, Yujinaka, you're just a bit of a dick and. Um, mm. I don't condone. Everybody's killing Naka. Yeah, dear <laughs> listeners, we don't condone mm. real murder. No, just no, yeah. dear listeners, don't commit any crimes. But if you do get arrested, you're going to have the chance to speak to police and possibly a lawyer. Mm. And those are more people that you can recommend the GHZ podcast. Yes, trademark the GHZ, <laughs> uh, available on all audio platforms <laughs> and now YouTube. There it is. Um, can I change my answer? I know I know Gigi was dying to speak, and I'm sorry, but uh, I just want to change my answer and say that I would marry Naka so I could just like what? divorce him and get half. <laughs> I'm getting half that Ferrari. Believe it, I'm coming for it. <laughs> half his drone collection. Oh, yeah, fucking, I'm getting in half his drones. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm getting the whole Your wedding video is going to be all from drone footage. <laughs> well, it's trendy it. now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, that's yeah. how they do it now. So you can just be there just like, we are gathered here today. And in the background, it's <laughs> 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 exactly what you want. You know what, though? If you decided to start a family with your husband, Yuji Naka, um, he, sure. does, he does seem like a fun dad. You know, he seems for like a fun dad. dad. Yeah, for for as much as yeah. we say he's a dick, apparently to work with, and apparently to have worked with, and apparently to have have worked with, and both be on Twitter <laughs> at the same time with, to interact um, with in any capacity. Yeah, yeah he, he's always like <laughs> posting photos of oh, I went and did this with the boys today, and he's out flying drones with his kids. Um, he oh, seems like he seems like an all right dad. Yeah. So yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not the, maybe not the worst guy to marry. Okay, I just wanted to say that I would fuck Naka because yes, bad, bad boys. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. it's the best, right? right. <laughs> yes. Also, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering, like, uh, when or how did Naka's legend begin? Like, we're talking about it like he was the one who put himself forward, but is that what happened? Was it like did Sega push him because they thought they needed you know these these figures to represent them, or was that something like created by the media who are I feel like by the time Adventure came out, he was fully invested in his own legend. Wasn't there like that weird video where he emerges like from an egg or something? Oh, God. Yes. oh yeah. yeah, that was amazing. One like, of the Dreamcast announcement. Uh, yeah, conferences. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think he was fully it's on board. Hilarious. Yeah, he he did think of himself as a bit of a rock star, like the rock star of video <laughs> games. I mean, he did quit just... after Sonic, right? Like because he, he yeah, thought he deserved he quit, more money. Like five oh, times, dude. He, and yeah, there was an interview yeah. where he where he mentions that one of the reasons that he quit is that he was hoping to get scooped up by Nintendo. Mm. And he even like drove to their headquarters, but then got scared when he saw like the security guard, so he turned around. Did he think through this plan at all? No, he's in, he's impulsive, just like our blue boy. He's uh that's why Naka's got like he's that that's where the spirit and the attitude of Sonic comes from is Naka, you need a little bit of that oh, edge and that yeah. bad boyness. Yeah. Yeah, that's like probably. super rebel especially in japan in the 90s yeah you don't quit your job you get a job right after high school or right after college or whatever and you work there for the rest of your life yeah you don't like switching jobs that's not a thing that happens here so yeah i mean especially back in the 90s that was wild so i could see why you'd want to fuck him <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so wait who are you gonna who, so marry and kill though 
Uh, I'm gonna. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna marry Oshima because I guess he's the least offensive. like (laughs) yeah and uh kill shoot i don't know um i'm gonna kill yasuhara i guess just because he's the last one (laughs) yikes all right nathan oh man do i have to do this you absolutely do (laughs) yeah all the jokes i was gonna make have already been made at this point so So just speak from the heart. <laughs> yeah, you know, all right. Just yeah, kill myself to get out of this question. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nathan. Fuck, Mary, kill Team Chaotix. <laughs> oh, see, I think this question a lot better. Mm. Uh, so obviously you have to fuck Charmy because finally my dick will look huge to somebody. <laughs> Um, I think we have to marry uh, I don't know I guess I want to marry Vector because he's got the sweet Walkman and um, I don't know (laughs) Um, runs his own business yeah Yeah. successful Mm -hmm. right Um, spiritual as well he's a man mm. of God what is he what what (laughs) Vector's the question yeah (laughs) <laughs> I didn't say he was yeah, Christian. I said he was religious. Oh my god! Yeah, is exactly. he religious? In, is that a, in the original in the canon? In the yeah. original Chaotix manual, but they've not really mentioned it since. No, they they just they, what, what did they what did they say? I don't remember that. <laughs> what? Um, so he's he's on the greenhillzone.com for fuck's sake. Have you been on this website? I don't, Actually, I don't know if it is or not. Yeah, I can't remember all these details. What does it say, Lee? It is. Yeah, Look, what, I'm, gonna... I'm extremely okay, curious about this. Well, we were talking about, I swear David the Lurker was talking about it the other night, or one of them lot. So, manual. So, it, the Japanese manual says. Um, He's already got it up. Look. Yeah, He's already got it. Um, translation. <laughs> so, this is from sonicretro.org. Um, check it out. Translation courtesy of a user named Windy. So, Vector, Vector the Crocodile, he is boundlessly cheerful and quite an optimist. However, he actually has a stronger sense of camaraderie than anyone else, and has the strength and kindness to face up to any challenge. He believes in the existence of God, and came to... The- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's right there. Is that real? Like, I'm wondering about that translation. I'd like to see the original <laughs> Japanese. I feel like there's something you gotta send here. it to him. Wait, wait. Okay, and came and came to this island after hearing the news about an island of miracles. Yeah, the good news. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he's a missionary. Have you heard the good Vector's news? a missionary. Yeah. Wow. This completely changes my perception of this character. So wait, Nathan, is that a deal breaker for you? Is the marriage off? Uh, I was just thinking, like, is that why he wears that um, crucifix around his neck all the time? <laughs> no, it's it's just a bling symbol. I was joking about the crucifix. I'll be damned. Yeah, I mean, you could. De- that's not a. I guess you could say it's he believes in like spirits or gods. He believes in the supernatural. He said it says Kami. It doesn't say Kami-sama, Kami. so yeah, yeah. I guess that could be interpreted a few different ways. 
Yeah. Okay, so he could be a Shinto. <laughs> God is clearly the funniest. Doesn't necessarily follow an organized religion. He's not religious, he's spiritual. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that one up, fellas. Yeah. That was, yeah. We were worried for a second. That was something. Although, although, <laughs> although, did you, oh. did you know in mm-hmm. the huh? prototypes of Chaotix, the Chaos mm-hmm. Rings were called the Holy Rings? <gasps> Maybe this is supposed to be like things. a religious themed game. Interesting. Anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? It's a knights program, this, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about knights, then it was fuck, marry, kill, um, then Vector's yeah. religious. Hmm? We gave up talking it. We were going stage by stage. Yeah, stage by... Like, okay, ah. let, let's do... Let's do the, we've got... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Soft no. Museum. Soft, Soft Museum is fancy and good. Um, Stick Canyon. Oh, it's very industrial. It's, it. it's um, Then yeah. there's the lovely Twin Seeds. It's like, oh, it's the real world, but it's still the dream world. And then Clarice and Elliot fly, and it's beautiful. I know we're glossing over this, but we need to talk about um, Soft Museum just a little bit because that level is technically amazing. Yeah, that was um, that was kind of what blew my mind back in the day, too. Like, I was playing that again yesterday on Steam, and yeah, that still impresses me. That looks really nice. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, that back back in the day when I had to like go toe-to-toe in the playground, with, which is a thing that happened. There were Sega kids and Nintendo kids. I know we were questioning that in a previous episode, but I would point to uh, I would point to Soft, uh, Soft Museum as proof of how amazing the, the the Saturn's technical capacity was back in the day. Yeah, I remember reading up about because um, this is the sort of shit I'd say like in the playground, you know, like when they're having the whole like you have a Saturn, you you're shit because it it was a weird flip reverse from the early 90s when having a mega drive was cool as shit and if you had a snes you were a dummy uh and then everyone had a playstation in like 1997 so i'd be there like yeah but the sega saturn has you know really good transparency t- technology and people are like we don't care i'm playing ridge racer i don't give a fuck about polygons and and transparencies and i'm like yeah but but apparently it did right it, it, it was able to do some things from a technological standpoint that were Probably exciting if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not even. I don't really give a shit to be honest. Like, I was impressed by the mirrors. I don't even know if mirrors are supposed to be impressive on the Saturn, but I was impressed anyway. It's got nice mirrors mm-hmm. in Soft Museum. There you go. Yeah, the mirrors were the best, and it's really cool the way they work too, because it's like there's objects like rings that you can interact with. You can't see, but only oh, yeah. you see them. In the yeah, mirrors. yeah. Your mirror version is getting them. Again, that's just like a neat little like touch. Didn't need to be there from a gameplay perspective. It could have just been in the foreground. But it's um yeah, it was just cool. They're like, oh yeah, it's like dream logic. Of course it would work that way. Um so the design of the stages is of course extremely exciting, as as we've established. But I'm I'm a I'm a character guy, right? Oh I'm I'm just a character. Dear listeners, yeah. what do you think? Give us an email, ghcpodcast at gmail.com. And um, we we got we got, I can't leave without talking about Riella, the original Shadow. Oh yeah, he's the that? Shadow yeah. of Nights. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the, he is the Shadow of Nights. The yeah. black and the red stripes. Yeah, all mm. of the bosses are really cool. Yes, the, yeah, at top to bottom, all the characters really just. And I think that aren't they all kind of their abstractions because it all takes place in the dream world. They're abstractions of things from their real lives. So it's just like their pet fish becomes a, a gulpo or whatever and and there's like uh, just a weird fucking cat and there's just that was that was in the comic book um yeah <laughs> but... is that is that where i'm getting yeah that that's from, where you get that from the, yes. from the archie, oh, archie comic no. book 
you know, you know, comics, you know, yikes. you know, I will say about that comic book. Fuck my life. About what? the first three issues. Mm. I think Dan Slott did a good job of translating a very minimalist game yeah. and making a cohesive free issue plot of it. And, you know, the fact that VR all went to shit, you know, you can't blame him for that. I only ever read the first three. Yeah, they're, 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 they're the only ones. Idea. Yeah, you, no, you should definitely right read ones. the next three. <laughs> it is, it's an experience. Uh, I don't recommend it. Yes. But yeah, we, we've we've harped on about the character design of, of knights, but that's not a singular thing. It's not just knights and then a bunch yeah. of other stuff. All the characters are so full of charm and so well designed and just communicate a lot in their designs. Um, but yeah, the, I think just Wise Man is a cool looking fucking boss. That's a oh, cool right. boss Wise to have. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, like, uh... I don't know. It's just, it, uh, it avoids a lot of bad guy tropes, I think. It's not like he's not like oh he's a devil or he's he's you know what you think of a nightmare or something or like what what who is like the king of the nightmares it'd be I don't know I, I wouldn't even know to, where to fucking begin and you've just got this cool like cape covered in eyeballs with hands floating everywhere and it's just it's nuts and you um, know I I think Oshima's um, spoken about this on Twitter before in the past oh, and uh, oh I don't have the exact details in front of me but I think oh. I think I recall him saying like oh yeah he's not really a villain as such is just you know it's in his nature he is like the lord of nightmares or whatever yeah and um riala he's again not necessarily evil but he represents like reality whereas like knights is like dreams so riala Mm. is like oh yeah but you've got to face the reality of things you know you can't just be a dreamer and um yeah so like all these things aren't necessarily in the game itself they had these ideas behind them and it's okay yeah. if these things aren't explicitly spelled out in the game itself because the thought still went into them and playing the game yeah. you still feel like there is something behind them even if you don't necessarily know what it is yeah. um but there, there, yeah. there are some great great designs um you've got like Puffy, you've got this little what, what Puffy you, Puffy they're like what do you want to talk about Puffy Gigi likes a bit of puffy, don't you? Oh, I'm all about the puffy man. Well, baby. What do you what do you call those like little toys where it would be like a like a weebles? Weeble, yeah, and it's you like weebles, aren't you? You always keep it's yeah. like weeble, yeah. It always like keeps its balance, but she's like yeah, like a like a weeble, um, but she's got like a mask that's got like rabbit or donkey ears. And um, yeah. yeah, and then she's also like you know the fat An lady at the opera. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, and um, they've got the and opera you have music. To crush her to death <laughs> in some fucking <laughs> gate or something. Hate absolutely heinous. Um, there's a lot of horrible noises in this game. That is one of them. Of just like, just like crushing this fucking woman to death. That and. Um, which I never get out of my head going back to way earlier on what we were talking about is like slamming the fuck out of those little peons. And they're like, oh, nightmares. Well, and that's what they want. You see, that's, that's, um, that's ARG right there. Isn't it? And it fellas, it's ahead of its time. <laughs> me in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. So just good, good stuff all around. It's, um, yeah, I, I likened it earlier on to Sonic CD. Grant did as well. I think um, it is definitely, it's so much style and it's a 
the different gameplay mechanics in there that are kind of crunching up against each other it might seem unusual to today's gamer but i think just as a creative endeavor it's um it's unparalleled so i think it really stands out i think one one last thing we have to touch on because we've talked about the impressive at the time like the toy story era cgi graphics we've talked about the weird and wild gameplay we've talked about the the bosses the character design the music um but we've not talked about the theme song dreams dreams oh i was gonna do that was the other bit yeah oh do it do it do the bit do the bit no that was the bit you're doing it already it was yeah lovely lovely pleasant charming wonderful cheesy as fuck theme tune that is very just... very sincere like you could see Incredi- that yeah earnest yeah yeah you could see it came from the same like same kind of philosophy as um you know you could see, in my mind it seems like they were looking at things like disney's beauty and the beast and aladdin mm. and um, where you'd have these like ballads and it's all moving and touching and it's like yeah, yeah this is a heartwarming moving story for kids and adults alike and yes yeah. desperately desperately uncool in the way that sonic Extremely was uncool. just yeah sonic was just trying to be this thing of just like you know he's he's rad and has a mohawk and skateboards and and tells you to fuck your parents but like uh <laughs> not like that not like in a sexy way oh forget it but yeah it's this was just it was yeah, the, the, the disney angle i think is spot on it is they were 100 percent just throwing it in and and just saying that you know this is the angle we're going for unapologetically itself um, and then christmas nights had that lovely acapella rendition of the song oh yeah with the bum, 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 bum. <laughs> in a dream i could see <laughs> wasn't that the guy that sung the knuckles theme tune is that um, the same guy i want to say it's the same guy i think uh, i think no, he, he was burning rangers okay yeah not the... the adult version of dreams dreams too though oh was it yeah. oh okay yeah not the um, not the here I come rougher than the rest of them bit, but the fucking born on an island in the hip. <laughs> you know that fucking bit. The... Yeah, you are a karaoke episode. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Look, man, the blood of my ancestors flows inside me, and sometimes <laughs> it, wants, it just it just makes me want to sing. So, anyway, fuck fuck knuckles. Anyway, knights. Yes, the theme tune is wonderful and charming and lame as hell, and I love it. And it's it's <sighs> yeah. It's the sort of thing that, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell anyone that I, <laughs> I enjoy that. Like, I don't know, I can't, and I shouldn't be ashamed of it. You know, Dell was saying that there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. Like, there's nothing cringe. You shouldn't think if you enjoy it, it's not cringe. It's just something you like. I'm like, yeah, but then there's the night's theme tune. Uh, <laughs> it's just like the the whole game was very, like, antithetical to the kind of thing a 13-year-old boy would want to be seen playing with his mates. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you can you can see why maybe it wasn't a system seller. Mm. Uh, but it was one of the yeah. best sellers on the system, so... Mm. Well, but, like... but, you know, it couldn't compete with... It couldn't shift Saturns perhaps the same way um, fucking whatever, Ridge Racer or Tekken could shift yeah. PlayStations. Tekken, ugh. Tekken for piss. Yeah, am I right? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough of that, isn't it? <laughs> so I think we've talked about everything with the game. Let's just go around quickly and give like a 
yeah, go ahead and give it a review. Give it a, mm. a two sentence review and a rating out of whatever you want to rate it out of. Just uh, wrap up our thoughts on nights before we wake up to reality. I give it, uh, I don't know, five out of five for being unapologetically itself. As an actual game, I'd sit down and play eh, maybe like a three. I don't know. But it's not about that. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists the way it does. It's not ever been matched. It's not ever been copied. It's, it is itself and it is a singular experience. I recommend giving it a try. Yeah, so I'm going to say it's the video game equivalent of art house cinema, um, except it was a big budget title. And it's delightful, mm-hmm. it's a must-play, 5 out of 5, nothing else like it. Yeah, um, I will say, I guess, uh, hard to explain, fun to play, feels like you're playing. Uh, it's one out of one Night-style games in existence, because we don't talk about the sequel. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a video game that feels like uh, a Miyazaki Ghibli version of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. And I'm all oh, for it. it sounds, even though it's so unique. And it plays like Star Fox 64 on acid. Whoa. <laughs> what acid what were they smoking? What acid were they <laughs> sitting on at that time? What are they, potsy? Go sit on it. The acid, I mean. That's how you do acid, right? Sit on it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give it a... I, I, I think it's... It's not a perfect game, and I think it's definitely worth playing uh, and experiencing and, and, and really engaging with and trying to, to get good at it, because that's where the joy of the game is, is in the repetition of it. Um, so I'll give it six out of seven Chaos Emeralds. Hey. Um, yeah, I guess uh, just the game itself is, you know, maybe about a three, but it really is something that's greater than the sum of its parts. So, I mean, just the whole package is absolutely five out of five. Nathan, be the contrarian. Fucking go for the jugular. Uh, Fucking just uh, take it down. Uh, I, like I mentioned previously, episode, I respect it. I don't love it. I personally don't have never really found it like that fun to play, but maybe I just don't get it yet. So, yeah, that's it. Have you played it on original hardware? Uh, I do own the copy and I have played it on original hardware, but um, I guess I never like, beat it. I'm trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure I tried to do a playthrough on the PS3 at some point. And I might have gotten to the end. Maybe I did beat it. So I don't remember. So I feel like it's been long enough. And I don't think I logged it in my spreadsheet. So I don't remember beating it. So I probably need to just beat it. Yeah. Now's the time, man. Doesn't count. If you had to sum that up in a numerical score, you would say. Uh, Blue. You would say blue (laughs) out of of five. (laughs) All right, fine. All right. Well, folks. concludes another episode of the ghc podcast coming out with us on discord thank you very much to green gibbon and to losit for joining us and for suggesting this topic it was great fun um and come back soon come back and do more chats with us we gotta do more fuck mary kills <laughs> and we gotta talk about more butts we didn't really oh, get into yeah. it did we didn't Sorry, mate no oh, we're no. going to yeah. all right it absolutely has a butt doesn't it Top three butts in nights, go. Um, puffy, puffy, puffy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a butt, but no crack. Does that count as a butt? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's just That's one big cheek, huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But it does have to be Buffy. Does it for me. 